Start in T minus ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. Death dumps, otherwise known as chemical trails, are being dropped and sprayed throughout the United States, in England, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Europe, and I have personally seen them, not only in the United States, but in Mexico and Canada. Birds are dying around the world. Fish are dying by the hundreds of thousands around the world. This is genocide. This is poison. This is murder by the United Nations. This element within our society that's doing this must be stopped. I happen to know of two of the locations where the airplanes are that dump this crap on us. Four of the planes are out of the Air National Guard, Lincoln, Nebraska, and the other planes are out of Fort Still, Oklahoma. I personally have observed the planes that were standing still in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, at the Air National Guard. They have no markings on them. They're huge, bomber-like airplanes with no markings. This is a crime, crime against humanity, crime against America, crime against the citizens of this great country. They must be stopped. What is wrong with Congress? This has an effect on their population and their people and their friends and their relatives and themselves. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with the pilots who are flying these airplanes? They're dumping this crap, this poison on their own families. Somebody has to do something about it. Somebody in Congress has to step forward and stop it now. Thank you, I'm Ted Gunderson. Ahoy everyone and welcome to another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. This is Project Defender Part 3. And if you guys don't know, that was Ted Gunderson. He was a former SBI agent who was also a great big whistleblower for, for many of the years, you know, out there on many different things. But I think he was one of the first from that I remember seeing out here blowing whistles that they were spraying stuff on us. And, and 
You're probably wondering, well, what what is all this going to have to do with DARPA? Well, that's why I got Morpheus with me, because this fellow <laughs> right here is about to give you a little bit of an insight on, on why this is important to this project that we're out here showing with you guys. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, and let me just say, um, we discussed in the last episode um, and the first one that DARPA has something called the Sentient World Simulation which is a collection of models to understand how things will work in reality. And it's based on all the same laws of physics. So we've talked about various methods of digital control and influence over our lives via these different systems and platforms. And then the one of the final plays for control, which actually started a long time ago, which we'll get into, is what's called geoengineering. And there's a few different kinds. Let's get the good kind out of the way. There's carbon capture. That's great. Okay. But what we're going to go into today is called solar geoengineering. And solar geoengineering is also known as solar radiation management and like the climate change circles. And it's the spraying of aerosols into the air that are also heated to change the jet stream, to change weather, to create clouds. And it's a sodium iodide. It's not healthy. There's trace amounts of barium and cadmium. It's, it, it's in the sky. Aluminum. See, yeah, aluminum. And you'll see these planes. And they now they it's become so noticed, they have to make up a new term called consistent contrails that didn't exist 15 years ago. And contrails just to point out the difference are common and they dissipate quickly. It's water vapor. And there there's really nothing to be concerned about. There's very trace amounts of fuel particulates, nothing that is nefarious in trying to kill us. It's just a small byproduct. Now, then there's what some people call chemtrails. Some people, you know, there's a ton of different names for it. But it's these long plumes that don't dissipate. They start to spread. They eventually become a haze. They take over the sky and they form clouds. And we all know clouds are how weather is created. So we can kind of just jump off anywhere from there. Yeah, that's a perfect example. And I would like to point out with that picture that two entirely opposite atmospheric conditions are required for a cloud persistent contrail and a contrail to appear. So the fact that they are in the sky in that photo at the same time lets you know that one is artificial. Which, which I mean, you know, that, that's actually why I pulled that up when, when I knew we were going to be talking about this today. I, I had a couple pictures that I had saved, you know, that will probably pop up throughout the thing. Cause I just feel like the things you're going to talk about like this, for example, you know, there, there's, there's clearly a difference in the photos that I just shared you and, you know, for the people that are out there listening and can't see, I'll, I'll make sure that you guys can get access to this kind of stuff when you, when you do uh, listen to it or whatnot, if you want to come back to it, but, okay. and but, you know, to add to, to you real quick, you know, I, the, the, there is a massive difference and, and as somebody who has watched the sky for years, you know, you can you can tell the difference when you're seeing how after they show up and then a half hour later, you've got either rain or more sun or no telling what. It just depends on the flavor of the day. 
Yeah. And, you know, this, these types of programs date back to 1923 uh, with the U.S. Air Service when it wasn't the Air Force. It was the Air Service. Um, even in the 30s, uh, you know, someone we accompany pretty much everyone's familiar with, um, General Electric, they were the first to perfect the process of creating artificial clouds with this technique in a controlled environment in a lab. And this led to, you know, popular things that you may be aware of, like cloud seeding. Yeah. I mean, you can hire a cloud seeder to spray above your farm right now. The, uh, the, what's, what's funny is, you know, there's, it's not funny, but it's funny because you know, out there, there's that, um, there's that group that, that I consider them a disinformation group. The birds aren't real group. Oh yeah. They're, they're trying to mock conspiracy theorists when I can actually prove a real conspiracy that does tie back to it. Right. That's a separate conversation, but the, um, they, there's groups out there that are like, Oh, Google makes clouds. And actually Google in a sense does make clouds out in the desert and shit and other places. Like I've seen the cloud machines, like you're talking about, like that is, that's actually a very real thing. And ironically enough, happened to be something else that I was like, I was like, man, I bet you we're going to come around to somewhere from doing it. And I got to say, I did have a whole lot of trouble finding that one cloud machine that we're all I know a video familiar you're with. You, you know, I know, you know, the video and I'm going to try to find it and make sure it's shared with this episode <laughs> because this is a real thing. And I know for a fact, not only has Morpheus seen it with his own eyes, but I've got to see it with my own eyes too. Yeah. And just to uh, um, throw it in perspective, I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, regional to all the different where the admins live. And um, if you're in the Southwest in Arizona, in Maricopa County, that's the most populated County of the States where the state capital Phoenix is. That's where I live. And what we call the West Valley, basically, the west suburbs out near Buckeye, there are these cloud machines that you can see with your own eyes. Like it's not some kind of uh, hidden thing either. In Arizona, they've experimented with a lot of stuff like the biodome, biodome two, and because the desert is a good palette for weather creation, it's dry. It doesn't have a lot of volatility. They can pretty much predict the, the heat index throughout the year with a pretty high degree of accuracy compared to places that have more moisture and stuff in their ecosystem. And so they, these clouds are not clouds. Um, a fun fact I'd like to point out is that since the 90s, when the UN's global operation for geoengineering went live, our visibility is almost uh, half of what it used to be on a clear day. I don't know if you remember when you were kids, you know, sky used to be bright blue, bright blue. As far as your eye can see now, when you look in the distance, whether you're in a big city or a smaller one, you'll see that like whitish gray sky. This is from years years and years of persistent aerosol release into the atmosphere of earth. Everything comes full circle on earth. We have a jet stream, we have a water cycle. So 
geoengineering that takes places takes place in places like China and India to keep their crops alive and to have drinking water um, actually affects us here. Absolutely. And then, you know, you made you made mention of, you know, other one that, that we were going to touch on a little bit there at the beginning that I do want to go ahead and touch on now that we were, you know, ones that are actually yeah. good. Okay. Like so this a, great, a great example, a great example. So this isn't all about fear. This isn't about trying to scare you to death. This is about trying to educate you about things that are real. So with everything, as Jimmy and I like to say on all of our episodes, there's double-edged swords. There's good and bad with everything. And so the Idaho Power Company, they have over 500,000 customers. And that was seven years ago. So Idaho is a popular area for people to move to in the West Coast. Right now, people are moving there from Arizona, Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, because it's more affordable. So they need water and power. So they use water to create the power. With that being said, their supplies were running low. So they took it upon themselves to geoengineer blizzards, like full-blown hardcore blizzards to increase the snowpack in the mountains to create more water used for drinking and electricity. And this is this is kind of just a photo of exactly their program yes. that they're using over there. And and yes. you know, again, this is one of those instances where doing something like this is good, but in a sense, the butterfly effect, if you want to say, yes. you know, this does affect other places in the world when you start messing with weather patterns in one place. Right. And then there's, you know, like it comes down to and in part in my French. It comes down to a dick swinging contest of who's going to control the weather. There's, you know, China, Russia, they are on top of their game is just like the United States. So is India. India is actually in the cutting edge of geoengineering. But for that one good example, and there's several others in the United States where they're using geoengineering for things like creating more power, drinking water, things like that. So that's not exclusive and that's not the only good use, but I mean, I'll briefly just go over a list. Okay. For people to look up. I mean, you can look up project Cirrus, operation Popeye Pro project Skywater, project Skyfire, uh, project cumulus. Um, one that I really like to talk to you about just with you specifically, because I know you're from Georgia is Project Cirrus. So in between 1946 and 1957, in Florida, they flew into the eye of hurricane. Into the, and it was a category three hurricane. You guys can look this up. There's actually archived military videos for you to watch. And when they explain how it works on the news. And so they fly in to this to steer it away from Florida, right? Okay, that's great for Florida, but where did it go? It went to Savannah, Georgia and leveled the place. So this, this is a slippery slope. And then you have operations like Operation Popeye or even Operation Ranch Hand in Vietnam, where they not only created rainstorms with geoengineering, 
but rainstorms that rained defoliants and pesticides destroyed the jungle that people and people are still mutating at birth from to this day because of it. So you can't just write off when someone says chemtrails. I know that's a trigger word for a lot of people, especially aviation people. Oh my God. Okay. No, it's not about mind control. It's part of the mind control. If they can control you, if they can control the weather, they're omnipotent. So obviously they haven't perfected this step yet, or we wouldn't have water shortages. We, or we may not even be alive. But the fact of the matter is, is that we have a voice. You're a human being where you live and you have the ability to see these people that represent you in public and be like, I do not consent to you geoengineering the weather over my home. But as long as it remains a taboo subject to talk about, they're just going to keep doing it. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand that. I, I, I will completely disagree. I think that if you have to geoengineer to live somewhere, then, you, then that means you weren't supposed to live there to begin with. Oh, no, I agree with you there. But I'm saying, like, if they perfected it to the point of complete control, we might not be having this conversation. Sure. So I don't want people to say, think I'm saying they have complete control yet. But the fact of the matter is, is that they can create storms. Yeah, and no, I, they, I, no doubt in my mind there. <laughs> um, another one, you know, during Popeye, um, between 65 and 72 in Vietnam, the silver iodine they sprayed worked so well that they that's a, a jungle it rains all the time you know that it created so much downpours that the jungle was washing itself away and so we have to ask ourselves okay the technology can't be unmade but who do we want to wield this and should should we wield this should we change the weather I mean, my, my personal thoughts is, is that this is the cause of any kind of global warming going on because like there's been factories and stuff for hundreds, even thousands of years at this point, you know, burning coal and such like that. And I know, you know, the numbers are higher than they used to be, blah, 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 blah. But our weather started going completely apeshit when they started doing this stuff because I really do believe in like the butterfly effect aspect of it. You know, we've got, we've got it over there in Arizona, them making clouds. Well, what happens when those clouds that they made in Arizona end up in China as some kind of storm that causes right. tsunami it's developed off the over all that space or right. even somewhere as, you know, far it, these clouds pass over the Gulf of Mexico and they pick up moisture and momentum and they combine with other systems, what's that do to the Southeast United States? Or vice versa, because in Arizona, we're in a weird part of the US, like California, we get storm systems in both directions, right? And so what happens when they go to California and combines with their ocean climate? I mean, these are things that, you know, are, are helpful. Can Arizona use more rain? <laughs> Absolutely. But what does that mean for our neighbors like what does that mean for you know people our global neighbors people that are millions of miles away that are still humans and have a, a right to live on earth 
you know, we, 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 this is a real slippery slope because now that we've started, we can't stop. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, we could stop. Let me rephrase that. We could stop, but there'll be a drastic overnight shift in weather. Obviously the earth and the humans would recover from it, but it would be, it would have some devastating effects on areas of earth because the weather systems would revert back to their natural state immediately instead of over years of change. So it would, it, it could simulate like a cataclysmic event, like a hurricane that wipes out new Orleans, for instance. Um, and so these controlling the weather is the ultimate weapon in a physical reality, because if you are controlling the weather, you don't need troops. You don't need tanks. You can literally wipe your enemies off the face of the earth with a natural phenomenon to most people. Which, you know, I mean, that, that, that's something you got to, you know, you, re- you really got to think about because you look at things like the giant hurricanes and uh, like Louisiana out of the Gulf and even some that I've seen hit the state of Georgia down here. Oh, yeah. There's no way that those aren't somehow, you know, toyed with. And the, and the fact that people don't even consider it is quite silly because like you can just see the uptake in it. And they're like, oh, it's because the planet's dying. And I'm like, no, no, it's because you got people. <laughs> playing with your weather man right and i challenge people to go back to the darpa innovation timeline when they have time yeah darpa was a big part of uh introducing the tech that's been evolved to geoengineer the good and the bad tech the good tech we mentioned like carbon capture and the bad tech we mentioned like solar radiation management so it all ties back to them and then they what do they do they run it in a model first and the simulation. And they're like, okay, this has a 40% chance of working. This one has an 18% chance. And this method has a 62% chance. Let's go with the 62, see what happens. And that's literally how it works. And um, Hugo Chavez, a lot of people know who that is. If not, I mean, he, he was, he's a leader of a country. Okay, so look him up. Hugo Chavez has accused the United States repeatedly in public as geoengineering weather to cause drought in Iran. Their president has accused us of this. Saddam Hussein accused us of trying to flood his palace. These are not nice people, but they're not dumb either. And they, they got to their positions of power because they knew a thing or two about a thing or two. And so with that being said, these are not allegations that you can just be like, oh, that's just crazy. The guy from Iran said it, so Like, what? Like, no, this guy's the leader of a country. Millions of people say this guy is my leader. That is not to be taken lightly. The Russians have been involved with weather warfare before us. Our, our response to the Russian woodpecker project, which involved weather control, mind control, a lot of things, was HARP. And I, did you, can you pull that up just so people can see HARP? Um, it's, 
started off as a U.S. Air Force program, was taken over by DARPA, and now is privately owned by the University of Alaska. And so, so you want me to pull up the heart website? Yeah, just pull up the website so people know it's, you know, it's a thing. Um, they, what they do uh, is, there we go. So we just talked about how they sprayed aerosols in the air. Okay. And so just spraying aerosols in the air doesn't change the weather. It just puts particles in the air. I mean, it could have a slight effect on the weather, but it doesn't do anything alone. So what you see here is a bunch of antennas. They're called an ionospheric heater. Together, these antennas, they create one powerful beam, combined beam, and they heat a part of our ionosphere, which then can affect the jet stream and create weather patterns. So there's about 14 of these sites across the earth. And when they're activated, they work in unison to create specific weather events. Let's not forget that Haiti has been, is naturally, they're naturally in a bad spot for natural disasters. Sure. Okay. But they recover and they get, they get themselves going again. Okay. And they live the way their life. However, when their leadership started speaking out about Corona, they got quickly obliterated again. This now, when you go to African countries, they started talking about Corona being manufactured. They had cataclysmic weather events that killed who knows how many people and displaced too many. And so the whole narrative of their country changed and the priorities of their leadership had to change. A, a more popular example is Texas. Okay, Governor Greg Abbott's a cuck and a half. Okay, the guy can blow me. However, when he was banging with the feds during the COVID lockdown, like, we're going to run our power grid. We're going to do our shit. We don't give a shit. We'll leave the union. You know what I mean? What did they do? They manufactured an ice storm in the desert. Conveniently, two days later, there was a freak ice storm and it collapsed their grid and people were out of power for days. And that there's, there's no coincidences like this, guys. People that speak out against the federal government, whether they're U.S. officials like governors or they're foreign leaders, if you take the time to go on the Internet, I'm not your daddy, there's Jimmy. It's up to you. You don't have to do it. But take your time and look into these people and events and you'll be like, huh, that is really weird that they had a freak weather event right after this happened. Hmm. Sure. And it, it, it's happened. The, the further you look, you'll see that this is a, a common play by the U.S. government. No, absolutely. And, and I actually think it's a common play by, you know, more than the U.S. Go government. In fact, I think this is a great segue into another video that you sent over to me that I think it's a good time to bring it up. It's the guy oh, yeah. from, it's a guy from the, uh, the Council of Foreign Relations. Yeah. Um, okay. And I want you guys to check this out because he's I mean, he's just openly talking about how they, you know, they 
they are using it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and this is a, just for the record, John Brennan, former director of the CIA, not a tinfoil hat pirate like Jimmy or and I, okay? Like, this guy is a bootlicker, and this is coming straight from the horse's mouth. So here we go, guys. Another example is the array of technologies, often referred to collectively as geoengineering, that potentially could help reverse the warming effects of global climate change. One that has gained my personal attention is stratospheric aerosol injection, or SAI, a method of seeding the stratosphere with particles that can help reflect the sun's heat in much the same way that volcanic eruptions do. An SAI program could limit global temperature increases, reducing some risks associated with higher temperatures and providing the world economy additional time to transition from fossil fuels. This process is also relatively inexpensive. The National Research Council estimates that a fully deployed SAI program would cost about $10 billion yearly. As promising as it may be, moving forward on SAI would also raise a number of challenges for our government and for the international community. On the technical side, greenhouse gas emission reductions would still have to accompany SAI to address other climate change effects, such as ocean acidification, because SAI alone would not remove greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. On the geopolitical side, the technology's potential to alter weather patterns and benefit certain regions of the world at the expense of other regions could trigger sharp opposition by some nations. Others might seize on SAI's benefits and back away from their commitment to carbon dioxide reductions. And as with other breakthrough technologies, global norms and standards are lacking to guide the deployment and implementation of SAI and other geoengineering initiatives. Now I could go on and on and on and on about the things that fascinate me, but rather than talk about them, I thought I'd stop here and start the conversation with Judy and then I can take some of your questions. All right, so with that being said, you guys have now heard, and gals, and turtles, um, you've heard Ted Gunderson, former FBI director in chief of Dallas and Los Angeles, Miami. Now this is a former CIA director telling you they like this tech, they, they've seen the technology themselves. Yeah, and no, like, I mean, so to interject, I'm sorry. This guy literally just said almost everything we've said so far. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in his, own, in his own paraphrase, but he has, lit, I mean, literally on an open net, open platform that he's just like, oh, hey, this yeah. is what we're doing. Public, people public might get sure. mad and retaliate. And they, he's actually been on CNN and other networks talking about geoengineering. And so this leads us to a man... I would like to bring up, we, and before I do, we've talked about already, just to recap, DARPA has the tech and they give it to people. So they gave Purdue University the sentient world simulation. With what they gave to Harvard University is the reins on geoengineering research. Okay. So there's a man named Dr. David Keith. Some of you may know him, some of you may not, but he's known literally as the godfather of, of geoengineering. And he has been promoting this technology for decades, okay? 
while the government said it was fake at the same time. Fast forward to today, and he is the head of the Harvard Research Project involved in that. Um, and we got a link there for you um, if you guys want to check out their program. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it'll definitely be there. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's wide open. And, and like, I mean, this is, it's, it's funny that I've actually been seeing it a little bit more, even in like the mainstream take recently, not just, not just, you know, these world economic forum guys talking about it and shit, but I've actually seen like newscasts and stuff mm-hmm. that are talking about cloud seeding and stuff now. And, and, and in fact, I can recall when I first joined TikTok, Morpheus tried to join with me and like his yep. third, fourth video in was about this subject. And like the minute he uploaded it, they nuked him. And so I actually took some time before I made a video about it. And I went through and found all the exact scientific terms that they're using for what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, you know, made, it, made an actual kind of a neat little video about it. And they, they allowed it to stay and didn't nuke me. But like a lot of people were like, well, what the hell are you saying? So of course I had to go back and do it again with the pictures and the picture one wouldn't stay because it, it was showing exactly what they're doing. And yeah. Like, and now, but now here we are, we get to talk about it because. Yeah. Now admitting. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, they gatekeepered it. Um, they told people like us for since the nineties that when we were teenagers, like what's happening, this is not normal. Why is this happening? Um, that we were insane that, that believe this. And now you have countries like China who actually use it to turn desert regions because the Gobi Desert's expanding, okay? It's expanding at a rapid rate. So what they've been doing, they're calling it the new Great Wall. And they've been geoengineering a new northern border in, with the Gobi Desert. And they've been making it rain and planting forests. And so this is a real thing. And to go to the video you mentioned, I got banned from TikTok because I made a video about how the Chinese were using geoengineering to cover up the sites of where they were doing mass burials and burnings of Uyghur bodies. So the international community couldn't see it from space. Yep. Yep. And and so these, these are all facts, folks. And so it's a slippery slope, but I don't, I, I would like, and this is so funny to me. I want to set up this next video clip for you guys. All right. I know two people that are just retarded, not like they're dumb, but they're just bad. They're like not good for society. Stephen Colbert and the godfather of geoengineering. And this sick fuck, Stephen Colbert, who's been in some questionable photos with minors and weird stuff that I can't confirm or deny, but weird stuff that I've seen. I don't know if it's a deep fake. I don't know if it's real, but it's alarming. Even he thinks this man's insane. So I'll let you guys enjoy this. This is a few minutes. This is the last of our videos, but it's worth your time. I I think so too. Absolutely. So you guys check this out, I believe. Thanks so much. Mr. Keith, Dr. Keith, what do you got? What are you calling you? I'm good with Mr. Mr. Keith. Okay, all right. Now you've got you got a, a a little a little book here called A Case for Climate Engineering. How will we save the planet? Because all the people, all the chicken littles out there are saying that the planet is warming up. You don't believe that, do you? 
I totally believe it. It is warming up, and I've been thinking about, along with many other people, ways to stop it. Okay, does it involve me using one of those little pigtail light bulbs? <laughs> that is a useful thing to do, and uh -huh. I have those in my house, uh -huh. but I'm thinking about something else. Okay, good. What's the other thing? Because I'd like to do anything other than that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so what do we do? So the other thing is horrifying. It is that you could actually spray sulfuric acid in the stratosphere, 20 kilometers over our head, and use that to stop the planet warming up in a okay, kind wait, of you, ugly you, tech fix. You could you can spray something into the atmosphere to yes. change. Okay, spray okay. Spray pollution into the atmosphere to stop it warming. So in the end, pollution saved them all. <laughs> we owe pollution. We owe acid rain an apology. It would is what be you're saying. a totally imperfect technical fix. Okay. It would have risks. It wouldn't get us out of the long run need to stop polluting, but it might actually save people and be useful. Okay, so how, okay, again, I, I interrupt you slightly there. How does it work? You take, you, how many planes are we talking about here? How do you do this? So let's say you wanted to stop it warming in 2020. Yeah, you'd yeah. start with a fleet of just two or three kind of modified business jets. What that kind of like, put, like a G6? Yeah, like a G650. Like a G6. That's like it. A G6. And yes. you <laughs> put, you put, say, 20,000 tons of sulfuric acid uh -huh. into the stratosphere every year. Uh -huh. And each year you have to put a little more. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't, in the long run, mean that you can forget about cutting emissions. We will uh -huh. need to rein in no, emissions. No, we'll get to it eventually, yeah. But it does. But in the meantime, we're shrouding the earth in sulfuric acid. So people are terrified about talking about this because uh -huh. they're scared that it will prevent us cutting emissions. Right, and also that it's sulfuric acid. <laughs> it is. you're bearing the lead. Is there any possible way this could come back to bite us in the ass? Blanketing the earth in sulfuric acid because I'm all for it. This is the all chocolate dinner. I still get to have my CO2 and I just need to spray sulfuric acid. Right. All over the earth. Right question. But we put 50 million tons of sulfuric acid in the air now as pollution and it okay. kills a million people a year worldwide. Okay. And that's and so good or bad? It's terrible. <laughs> but it'll be better if we put more in. We're talking about 1% of that, a tiny fraction of that. So we should reduce that sulfuric acid So if it pollution, kills a million people and we're only bad. doing 1% more, we're just killing 10,000 more people. You can do math. Okay. But that's, so, so killing people is not the objective here. <laughs> killing people, not the objective. objective I just objective wanted to be clear. I just wanted actually, to be clear. Actually All right. slowing All right. climate change, actually okay. stopping climate change in a way that could help people this generation, people living now, in a way, there's no other easy alternative. Can no. you just do it for part of the planet? Pretty much the whole planet. No, but could you? Could you just, like, say, just make things better for the United States? <laughs> Very hard to do. It okay. seems that this is mostly global. But the big fear is that one country will want it one way and one the other, like two frat boys arguing over the thermostat. And in many ways, the biggest fear here, well, we have no idea how to actually agree about how to control the planet's thermostat. So let's say the United States... Uh, and China say, yeah, let's do it. But Russia and India say, yeah, not yeah. do it. This is the kind of stuff I wake up sweating about. Exactly. Well, it's your goddamn idea. <laughs> no. no, it actually turns out to be an old idea. This really? was known since President Johnson. And the scientific community mostly decided not to talk about it for fear that people would then lose the threat of cutting emissions. Now, it, 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 what happens to the sulfuric acid after it's sprayed? Does it just stay up there? No, it rains down. Okay. But, it, but as I said... <laughs> It rains down. Okay, okay. It's a tiny addition to okay. what we're already doing. Have you gotten some, some grief for suggesting this? Sure. I mean, this is like writing a book that's the case for leprosy. But, but... Do you have one of those? Is that next? <laughs>
Yeah, it's a great weight loss plan. <laughs> but also, many people are happy that people are finally talking about this, because while it is ugly, it does appear that it really could do some good. Could an individual start this? In practice, only a country, a okay. big country. What about a man in like a hollowed out volcano <laughs> with henchmen who occasionally shakes his fist at the sky and says, they said I was a fool at Harvard. Who's the fool now? It, it's, it's, shake your fist and say the fools? It's the natural worry, but I think in the end, no. This would be done by major countries, but the problem is how countries agree about where to set the thermostat, who decides, and my biggest reason for writing the book and for talking about it is my view that we won't make good decisions in ignorance. So we have, to, if, make the, we have to have the discussion now so that when it becomes our last hope, people can say, hey, we talked about this. Remember, we said we get to do it. The worst... <laughs> The worst way to make decisions about this would be if we all agree that we won't talk about it in polite society, we suppress it, which is basically what had been happening, mm -hmm. and then in you know, 20, 30, suddenly in a crisis, we make fast decisions. Maybe it's happening is, already. You ever look at those planes up there? They have contrails behind them? Maybe all those planes are the contrails. Maybe they're actually spraying chemicals into the atmosphere right now, and Uncle Sam isn't telling us. Seems extremely unlikely. The that fact the United the government... States is not telling something to its citizens? That seems extremely <laughs> likely to me. Read the newspaper. I think they might have your idea already. Dr. All Mister, right. thank you so much. David Keith, a case. So fast forward to today, they were making fun of this guy, right? Sure. They sure. had him on to make fun of him. Now he's the head of the Harvard University geoengineering program. Right now. Yes, he is. There's engineers dedicating their lives to engineering the planet's weather based on the sick fucks that run Harvard University's concept of what it should be. Funded by DARPA, which is funded by the federal government of the United States. This is absolute insanity. Like, this is something that if you truly don't consent, you can't make this a taboo subject, is really why I wanted to talk about it today. Because it shouldn't be taboo, guys. Whether you're blue or purple or red or yellow or nothing or you know alien um you live on earth right now and there's people that do not have your best interests in mind that want to control not only your mind as we've discussed not only the information that you receive not only your travel your shopping habits your communications but they also want to control the earth itself by the weather. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 you know, there's, there, and I'm, at the end of the day, there's, there's still something that we're obviously missing about all of it as to why I personally believe, you know, because there's, because, you know, they, they, they don't definitely want to destroy the place that they want to live either. So eventually they've got to stop, you know, spraying this stuff in some form because I, I just as he was making fun of them and you know even i understand like you can't just spray sulfuric acid all over everybody on the planet <laughs> right. and not have repercussions you right I mean? so like, you got everyone here everyone listening knows over the last like decade right all the cases right? of large swaths of birds just falling out of the sky thousands of fish just dead all in the same spot this is not a coincidence 
This is the effect of spraying not only sulfuric acid, silver iodine to make it rain, barium, cadmium, radioactive isotopes into the atmosphere and then heating it with giant antennas at places like Harp in Alaska and other places across the world. This is goes back to another underlying theme of unconstitutional awakening. This is an anti-human agenda. And we do not bring you this message to scare you. We bring you this message so you can be aware of it and you can rise above it and you can't be afraid to use your voice. People are afraid to talk about things like mind control and geoengineering because they have designed it that way. They have designed the narrative for most of the NPCs out there and the sheep that just listen to the government and believe them for some reason still, um, that you're insane for even considering it. But you're not. It, it's, it's real. And who knows, by you talking about it, you could help someone realize, you know, hey, maybe I'm being targeted. I need to change the way I'm looking at some things so I can escape this matrix. Or, you know, maybe I should talk to my uncle or whoever who actually is in meteorology about the stuff I learned about these government projects. And this is how, you know, having a conversation. And then as Gary Chartier mentioned to us, having an idea for alternative systems, you know, like that, that we have to have the conversation to, to talk about what, why we don't want these things. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, and that's of course why I was all, you know, all for, you know, jump, jumping on doing this little series because I thought it would be a you know a good idea to 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 bring awareness to this stuff. You know, and I I, I do have semi disagreements and 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 the theory that's of cool. stuff. I, I I you know, but like it's nothing that's in, important. I don't think. I do think it is important to know that these things are are going on. But don't 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 lose yourself in in trying to learn about them because that's very, very easy because you will do nothing but obsess. And if you obsess yeah. over it, you're actually going to manifest it into reality worse than it already is. Yeah. So like it, it, the more you resist something, the more it persists. And I believe in resistance theory as a psychological aspect, very, very oh, highly. Yeah. And, and you, if the more you push back at something, the worse you're making it for yourself and everyone else. So like, you know, whether it be gas prices or, you know, even, you know, things that are terrifying. So don't take it in a terrifying aspect. Just, you know, definitely look in and acknowledge that yeah. things are real. Yeah. It's it, it, like Jimmy just said, it's, it's not to promote fear. It's just to promote knowledge. Like the, the example of the Idaho power company using it, that's an alternative system than mm -hmm. as a weapon of war. Right. Oh, right. You know, like, and that makes sense because we can't uninvent the internet. We can't uninvent cell phones. We can't uninvent geoengineering. The technology's here. I mean, cataclysmic events, societies reset, you know, technology's sure. lost and it starts over. But at this point, it's here. And we just got to ask ourselves, what uh, do we want to let these, these, so these, these people that are very trustworthy control, <laughs> control this technology? Or do you think maybe, you know, the, in, you know, the meteorologists and engineers that don't want to enslave the planet 
might be better trusted with this technology. I mean, I don't, I, I, I think that meteorologists are a fucking joke. And if you are yeah, a meteorologist I mean, out here listening, I fucking despise you because you make six figures <laughs> a year to be wrong 86% of the time. If, like, if you're go being fuck nice, yourself. You're being right <laughs> about it. I mean, all they're doing is like, the prediction is just like math. It's just like an average of numbers. Like, that's not a job, bro. Like, right? right? You know like, what, what I mean? You're doing, you give man. people like, false hope, man. You're like, it's going to be nice out, and then it rains. Like, man, get it together. Quit fronting. But- <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I live in the South, and I use I, – I got a weather rock. And you look outside, the weather rock's hanging by the tree. If it's windy, the weather rock's moving. If it's raining, yep. the weather rock's red. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it, it was just being – sorry, just being silly. I had to lighten the mood. Oh, no, you're good. So, and but so- like, I do – Something that you know, I don't think we've gotten too too much in here. Uh, that I did want, and, and we we've we've touched around all of this this stuff, of, of course, too. But like, uh, I'm sorry, I do apologize. I'm trying to look through my my notes for all this. You know, I want people to know that I'm I am keeping up with all this stuff. We we do have all this stuff. You know, signed. Oh, the 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 uh, the Rosalind Peter United Nations address. Oh, yeah. Um, that was recent, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Now this is pretty long, and I encourage you all to watch this. And I'll have it shared. I'm not going to play it on here because it's long, but I just wanted to bring it up. Oh yeah, and this woman um, was part of a, a farming coalition, right? in the Western United States, okay? And their whole concept, their whole point was to, you know, protect the environment so they can have successful farms. Because at one point, California was literally the bread fruit basket of America before it got commie guys. That's a different conversation for a different time. But upon doing this, she realized these planes in the sky and they started collecting data and samples and they realized that there was barium and cadmium and aluminum and all these things being used to engineer the weather and the un took her so seriously like other nations that didn't have the tech like the u.s did yet they're like wait hold up like and the u.s government's like nah she's crazy don't talk to her they're like no we're we're talking to her on record about this so we'll have the link, like Jimmy said, in the podcast, watch it. It's absolutely insane how wide open this technology is um, and has been for quite some time. Yeah, no, like, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, the way he, the way dude was trying to make it sound over there on the episode with Colbert there is like, oh, it's not happening yet. But like, I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, like, I know when the clouds change. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember I remember the sky being bluer and, you know, things being different as far as in the sky with clouds and such until they really started playing with this stuff. And I've actually covered in some of my older videos, those harp antennas have been around since at least the 60s in a collaboration deal with Russia, which mm-hmm. that's some of the Operation Popeye stuff. You know, if you're not familiar, that's something yep. I t- tend you to look into. But like, you know, they were doing this, they were doing this wire stuff, like these these radio frequency tests like this 
since then. So you can't tell me that on a small scale on the west side of Australia that it's, you know, all desert and stuff or whatever now that they weren't given that kind of things to go on. You know what I mean? Like that's the, the yeah, the Russian woodpecker project. I mean, that too. That, it's it's all correlated and, you know, they're they're enemies, but the control, the weather specifically you have to have global coordination. You know, there has to be, uh, you know, different people and parties with resources and locations and equipment. And like, so yeah, that's, that's definitely something all of you should look into. Um, and, you know, it, it matters because of this. It, it kills. Yes. There can be some great positive effects used from it. Like the things we've discussed here, but we got to ask ourselves, is it worth the effects of respiratory diseases like COVID? Is it worth killing, killing crops that aren't Monsanto seeds designed to grow in aluminum and toxic metal uh, and shit water? Uh, is it worth contaminants in your showering water and your drinking water? Is it worth killing that natural, smaller non-predator animals in your ecosystem where you live. And, and I can't make that decision for you. And Jimmy can't, and we don't want to tell you how to think, but the, that's the, the ultimate question that you should ask yourself. Is it worth these things? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's something I always ask, you know, like I, I, I think it's gotten to the point that it even affects the, uh, the color of our son like that's something i like to point out oh like, yeah like our when i was growing up our son was yellowish orange you know i remember coloring it like that and now that son that son looks white and yeah. i think that has greatly to do with the amounts of aluminum and the sulfur you know the oxides and stuff that they're spraying up there in the air like it, it's causing our light to come through in a different shaded color and and then on top of that when again back to that video of that professor with colbert you know i hate to keep going back there but he made a comment that made me feel leery, which was the comment of like, you know, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they're, we, we can do this stuff and we don't really know two of like the long, long effects or whatever, but this will help us, you know, keep the, keep the earth from heating up. So when I hear that, I also hear, okay, well, we know this one helps cool it down. That tells me that there's a version that also helps heat it up because Absolutely. they've tested both directions and you can't tell me that, you know, he might be right. They're not out there spraying the cooling version right now, but you can't tell me they haven't been spraying that heated version for 20 years, at least. At yeah, least. absolutely. And then you got to think of cause and effect, right? The earth is alive. So if it's getting cooler in one place that it's typically not to be that cool, it's going to get warmer somewhere else and so drought in the united states and you know put your tinfoil hat on you know in california arizona and southern oregon i believe the drought conditions that have been going on for about 30 years was on purpose to hinder its ability to be self-sufficient and create food because at the time, California was really challenging towards the U.S. government. 
So was Arizona. So was Oregon. Whether no matter what team was in charge, they always kind of set, you know, they would always stick up and say, nah, we're not going to comply. And so because they were confident, they had their own ability to generate power with water. They had fruit, they had vegetables, they had farms. They weren't scared. They had guns. So now the guns have been highly restricted. There's not enough water. There's not enough power. The farms are not even 50% as capable as they used to be. This is a system of control. These, three, these states got too big for their britches because their economies were good. They were still kind of new. It was like you were bougie or like fancy if you can move there. You know what I mean? You had to have a little bit of bread and it was still not a dystopian shithole. But that the transformation into a dystopian shithole was by design. They wanted to take away the ability for you to just homestead in the middle of nowhere and be left alone. I can't hear you. You can look at things like Ruby Ridge and back that statement up a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind because you know, they, they don't want you to be left alone, but I will say a great thing in, in our current times that I have noticed is that a lot of people are starting to be, to try to go back to those roots and become more self-sufficient yes, or become nomadic tough. and stuff like that. And I think those are great things. And actually, part of what's going to be leading us into the next episode, which is, you know, how to escape the matrix. And these are some of your answers, you know, becoming more self-sufficient, self-aware and independent. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with having your own community, but you need to work on your independence from the state. Yeah, absolutely. And a good resource I want to share with everyone um, on this subject He's probably the most uh, informed expert on the subject on the planet that you could trust that's not a government agent is a guy named Matt Landman. He made a great documentary that's all, all government stock videos, dates, speeches, events, tests of geoengineering from the beginning until when the film was made called Frankenskies. You can watch it at a website called frankenskiesthemovie.com. It's a great documentary. It'll give you piece by piece different operations you can investigate on your own. I highly recommend it. It's a great educational tool. And, you know, to mention um, what Jimmy said about the next episode, Escaping the Matrix, we're going to tie in the final, you know, bad piece of news, Okay which is the connection of 5G and certain vaccines with all this technology. And we're just going to, to save time, we're going to cover the COVID vaccine briefly. And so you can escape this. And the first way to do it is to be aware and reject its authority over your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, you know, that, that, that's a great, that's a, I think that's a great way to put it. And and so, you know, I hope that all this information that you guys you know, have got from us today is a good starting point for you. Of course, I will have all of these links and more stuff about this that we've mentioned today, like 
of course, where you can find it at the bottom of where you listen and where you watch. And, you know, I appreciate all you new folks that are going to be joining us that have just got started on Odyssey and Brighteon now that we're there as well. Yeah. And, you know, um, of course, you check us out, check us out regularly on our Rumble channel and on BitChute. And uh, those of you out there listening all over the podcast apps and stuff, I appreciate you guys. You know, and I know, I know Morpheus does too. I just want to say thank you because I've been saying it on the last few, not just the project defenders, but the last few episodes I've been on that, you know, for people to hit my inbox on black pill. And I just want to say thank you to all you that have been, you're some of the smartest people on the planet. Don't stop being you. You can get every link, anything you need. You guys are awesome. Probably unconstitutional awakening is still our shit posting page. So if you want some dank memes to steal and drop in people's comments or you want to share our posts and help us grow this podcast so we can talk to more people like you, we appreciate every single like and share we can get. And I'd appreciate it if everybody would bring some traffic to the website because, you know, it's it's kind of slow over there. So, it would, you know, I, I, I'm doing my best to keep it up for you guys. There's nice stuff on there all the time. So you guys make sure you give that a check out. Make sure you check out our sponsors, KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash Jim Bob and Peachy Key Creations. And uh, don't forget to hop on over onto our website, unconstitutionalawakening.com, and find the link for our merch shop and get yourself some nice Unconstitutional Awakening merch. It's some dope shirts out there right now. All kinds of different things on there, good shirts and mugs and hats even. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure you guys got access to stuff that can let you run around and show that you're listening to us. So we do appreciate you guys, and we, we look forward to the uh, next episode of the Unconstitutional Awakening and the next episode of Project Defender. We'll see you guys next time. We'll have a great night. Bye. Uh-huh.